O God of truth, we thank you that you have given us the Holy Word, the Holy Bible. We are going to consider a very important truth in the Bible. We pray that you may give help to the pastor, that he may speak clearly, concisely, in a helpful manner. We pray for those who listen, that you may give understanding, help us to pay attention to your word, for this is your truth. Bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, dear friends, this morning we are going to be focusing on one verse, but then we shall mention uh, other Bible verses as well. So, our text this morning is in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Let's turn to this passage. Uh, it will be most helpful if you can open your Bible to that passage. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin. Now at this point, Paul is going to go on, but actually he got sidetracked. He talks about other things which are related to this theme. Now he has what we call a long parenthesis. It's a big word, isn't it? Parenthesis. What does it mean? It means uh, in modern day uh, way of putting things, there'll be a bracket or two brackets. So Paul goes on to talk about other related things and then he picks it up of what it says in verse 12 and verse 18. It completely says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Well, over the past few weeks, somehow we've been led, I trust by the Lord, to consider a number of basic truths in the Bible. Uh, maybe centering on this word, too. We consider there are two ways to live. The way of faith and obedience and the way of unbelief and disobedience leading to life or death. There are actually only two ways to live in the world. Either faith in God, in Christ leading to eternal life or unbelief leading to eternal death. And then we consider there are two images 
two images. We are made in God's image. However, Adam rebelled against the Lord God, and he uh, begot children in his own image. So now we bear the image of Adam, as well as the fallen image of God, the two images. Now this morning, we are going to consider two men, Adam and Christ. Now for those of you who are thinking, uh, you understand what I'm trying to do here, isn't it? Uh, I'd be very anxious to give you the big picture of the Bible over the past few weeks. So often we may think the Bible is such a big book, thick book, over a thousand pages, got so many characters and history and, and stories and teachings. We are at a loss what the Bible is all about. And I'm anxious to give you a roadmap of the Bible. So that you have this big picture of the Bible, you know what the Bible basically is about what? What a big picture? And I want, especially older people here, you have been in church for so many years, if you are asked, what is the Bible all about? I hope you can say, in five minutes time, the whole message of the Bible, and urge the person to hear from you, to come to faith in Christ. Are you able to do that, older people? I hope so. If not so, listen, sit up, the two men in the Bible, and they are most important. First of all, Adam. Adam is a type of him who was to come. Adam was the head of humanity. The second man, Christ, the head of the new humanity. And the Apostle Paul explained these two men, Adam and Christ, in detail in Romans chapter 5 and also 1 Corinthians 15. Now, when we turn to Romans chapter 5, the location of Romans chapter 5 is important. You heard the saying, my dear friend? Adam would heard of this saying. Well, the most important thing about where state is location, location, and location. The location of Romans chapter 5 is so important. In the first four chapters of Romans, Paul teaches about the way to be accepted by God, which is to be justified by faith in Christ. And then chapter 5, he talks about the blessings of being justified by faith in Christ. And then Paul, this part is going to go on to talk about the Christian life. And before it does that, it teaches us, his readers, the believers in Rome, in Rome, a very important truth. That is, believers' union with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
This morning, friends, if you do believe in Jesus, you are united to Christ in life and in death and all eternity. And that's why we have the second half of Romans chapter 5. This is a pivotal passage in Romans. It's uh, followed from justification by faith to uh, about the Christian life. And Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 21, is also a vital passage to understand the whole message of the Bible. I dare say, if you understand Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 21, you understand the whole message of the Bible. If you don't, you're confused. And this passage, the second half of Romans chapter 5, is also an important passage, a vital passage, to tell us what's going on in the world. Why are we as we are? Why do, have, why do we have so many troubles and troubles and crimes in the world? And death itself. What's going on in the world? Why? And also about the destiny in the world. So, this morning we are going to talk about the two men. Uh, you don't have to turn to it, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 to 47, Paul talks about the first man, Adam. The last man, Christ. The first man of the earth. The second man from heaven. He also talks about the first man, Adam, the last man, Christ. Now, these two men, Adam and Christ, frame the entire human history. Human history has been around, uh, has been at least 6,000 years old, but what frames the whole human history? On the one hand is Adam, on the other hand is Christ. And these two men, Adam and Christ, also frame the whole message of the Bible. And we are going to consider these two men, Adam and Christ, under five heavens. Is it too much? It's there in your newsletter. And I must tell the children, after the sermon, before the end of the service, I'm going to call you to come up here to receive the blessing of the Lord and also to ask you about what you hear in the sermon. And the Sunday school teacher will ask you more questions in Sunday school. Don't be nervous. If you pay attention, you're going, going to be able to follow. Alright? We're, we're going to understand these two men under five headings. Their origin, their calling, their work, the consequences of their works, and our relationship to these two men. So first of all, the first man, Adam, Adam. Adam means man in Hebrew. His origin, we are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47. 
Adam is of the earth, like of dust. You remember in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. There we are told, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. You got the picture? It's very simple. Now children, you are listening? In the beginning, God took from the earth the mud and the clay, and God made a clay model. And then what happened? The Lord God breathed into the nose of this man his own breath. And that clay model became a living being. What makes us humans so different to animals is that we carry the breath of God. Because of the breath of God, we became a living being. Human beings did not come from the animals, monkeys or chimpanzees or so on. We, came. we were made directly by God with His hand. And because God breathed His breath into us, we became, or Adam became, a living being. Now, I must say this. In past, it seems in many, in many, not Christian, but ancient civilization, they remember something of this: the breath of God, the breath. In Hebrew, now you listen carefully. Something like this: Wah, Wah. That is the breath. We, spirit in Hebrew, wah. You got, you got the idea? In Greek, is pneuma. Pneuma can be wind, can be spirit. And there's an interesting Chinese word. The Chinese people always talks about qi, qi. Heard of that, qi? <laughs> There are many, many Chinese expressions come by qi. Qi. What is qi? Qi is breath. Interesting. Qi. Well, I better not pass that track. But the origin of the first man of the earth, because of the breath of God, he became a living being, Adam. His calling? Adam's calling, Adam's calling, is to be God's representative to, first of all, manage the garden. The first job human being was given was to be a gardener. Isn't that beautiful? Adam, Adam was made to be a gardener, to be God's representative. That was his calling. And then, if he obey, he'll be managing a wider place over the world. Two weeks ago, we had a visitor from Malaysia. And he turned out to be the general manager of the Presbyterian Church in Malaysia. 
and the Presbyterian Church in Malaysia is about the same size of uh, the Presbyterian Church in Australia. Now, I don't exactly know what it does, but usually the general manager of the Presbyterian Church manages all the assets of the Presbyterian Church. He is the representative of our denomination. He is responsible to look after all the church properties. Big job, isn't it? He's the manager. He has to front the media. He got the blame if there's any, any uh, trouble in our denomination. The channel manager. He looks after a lot, a lot of properties. But that channel manager is answerable and accountable to the general assembly of the church. Every year, every presidential would send a minister or the minister and a representative elder to the assembly and then all the churches send a representative and the general manager is answerable to them as a whole. Now, Adam was called by God to be his representative to look after the earth. His work, we've already mentioned, first of all, to look after the garden. And while doing that, you remember God gave Adam a command. It goes like this, Genesis 2, verses 16 to 17. God commanded Adam, the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That was the work of Adam. Adam, you are the man. You are the look of the garden. And you are to trust me that I am good. You are to obey me. Now you can eat of all the food tree in this garden. But of the one, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. You are to obey me. You are to trust me. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Adam's word was to trust God, to believe Him, to believe that God is good and to obey. Now let me ask you children, what did Adam do? Simon, what did Adam do? You remember? Not just Simon, but Gloria, Wesley, and so on. You remember what Adam do? What Adam did, I just said. He disobeyed God. He rebelled. He did exactly what God told him not to do. And the consequences that are text in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. These 
are the consequences of what Adam did. Through his disobedience to God, his rebellion, sin entered the world. You'll be just like, remember COVID? We shouldn't forget it. From time to time, it reminds us that it is still around. But remember those terrible days of lockdown? Oh, Dad! You went to work! You were not careful! You didn't wear the face mask, you didn't wash your hands, and you brought COVID into our family, and all the family got sick. Now it's not so terrible, but in those days, it was terrible. It was terrible. Not so long ago, there were poor illegal migrants in New York City during COVID. They knew COVID was raging around, but Dad has to go to work, delivering food or whatever. Dad got from work, got COVID. The whole family got COVID. Other people got COVID. Some of them died, and they didn't have identity. And the city council had to take up mass grave to bury them. That's what happened. Coming back to our text, through one man, sin entered the world. And then what? Death through sin. And death spread to all men because all sin somehow. We won't have time to explain this or to exploit in further details. When Adam sinned, all of us were involved because he was our representative. All sinned in Adam. And Romans chapter 5, Paul goes on in his parenthesis talking about by the one man's offense, many died. One offense resulted in condemnation. By the one man's offense, death reigned. That's what happened. That's the consequences. Adam sinned. We all sinned in him. Sin entered the world. Death came along. My dear friends, this is why the world is as it is. You go anywhere, there are sins, there are crimes. We have laws which are so stringent, we can't discriminate other people, we can't have racial slur or remarks or things like that, but you know, it happens. It may happen to, to you. It certainly has happened to me. The law may be there. But man's sinful heart is like that. 
and ultimately is death. The Bible tells us death is not natural. Death is the wages of sin. Now I want you, not just children, but young people as well, don't think of death as natural. Don't think, well, this is my old granny, she's getting old and getting older. Well, who cares about her? She's losing her mind. It's so sad. Don't think of death as natural. So, well, it just happened, isn't it? I don't need to worry about that. Death is the wages of sin. Now, one last point under this head. Adam. Our relationship to Adam. What is our relationship to Adam? What your relationship to Adam? Adam is the king and head of all humanity. Adam represented the whole humanity. Adam added on, added on our behalf. He did not sin for himself. He did it for us well. We were in Adam in his sin. We all sinned. That's why we all have to die. Now friends, at this point, some of you may say, that's not fair. And many people do say, that's not fair, isn't it? They say, well, God has not consulted me and asked my consent to have Adam to represent me. So what's the answer? How do we answer? Well, I answer in a very simple way. This is how it is. God has not asked your consent whether you'd like to be born a fish, a cat, a dog, or a human being. Did God ask you whether you'd like to be born a human being? Did God ask you, Oh Simon, would you like to be born a boy or girl? No, God did not consult us. And it's so obvious, isn't it? When you think of that, we did not make ourselves. We did not design our own body. We did not say, well, I prefer to have a head and have two hands. Maybe three legs. We don't got the say to design our own body. God made us in such a way that we all of us have one head. Are you happy with that? Even if you're not happy, you've got one hand. I'm sorry. Be thankful to God. He has given you a head and a body just like that. So just as God has made us to have a head for our body, so God has made humanity to have a head in Adam. Does it make sense? This is how it is. And we inherit from Adam his human nature and his sinful nature. We must distinguish the two. There is human nature, there is sinful nature. We inherit both from Adam. Human nature does not have to sin. Yes, we got the human nature from Adam, but we also got a sinful nature from Adam. 
We move on to the second man, Christ our Lord. He is the second man, the last Adam. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47, Paul says, The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Where did Jesus come from? We are told he is from heaven. He's the Lord from heaven. He is the Son of God who came down from heaven. Jesus is not the elevation of a good man to the status of God. Jesus is the very Son of God who came to earth to become a human being, to become flesh, to be our Savior. And that's why, my dear people, with so many Christmas carols, For human beings, for birthday, we say happy birthday. There may be so many millions of people, but each one of them will sing happy birthday. That's it. Nothing very special, your birthday. But to Christ, it would be an insult to sing happy birthday to Jesus. You know there will be an insult? Of a disgrace to Jesus? Oh yes, he was born. But the one who was born was the Lord from heaven. He came in our lives, in our flesh. And his calling? What is, what is Christ calling? What is Jesus calling? He was called by his Father to be the head of a new humanity. Adam is the head of the old humanity. The Son of God became flesh in order to be the head of a new humanity. He is to be the Savior of the world. That is his calling. And his work, we are doing Romans chapter 5. Through one man's righteous acts. That is in contrast to Adam. Adam, by one act of disobedience, brought sin and death to this world. Christ, his whole life was a life of obedience to the law and to the calling of his Father, especially when the Lord Jesus Christ went up to the cross in obedience to the Father. He suffered in the place of all his people. He paid for all the debts of all the sins of all the chosen people of God. He obeys Father even unto death. That's what Jesus has accomplished. That's what he did. He obeyed his Father all the way to the cross. And the consequences? Christ, by his obedience, 
brought about a free gift of righteousness. The free gift that brings life to those who believe in Him. Many will be made righteous by Christ. By obedience, righteousness will win to everlasting life. So by Christ's obedience, He brought about forgiveness of sins, justification, the gift of righteousness, eternal life, reconciliation with God. Now we come to the last and the most important point of our sermon this morning. It has to do with your relationship to Christ. Now dear friends this morning, whether you believe or not, you are united to Him. You will sin. You have sinned. And you will die. I say whether you believe it or not, this will happen to you and to me as well. There's no sin. I don't care how rich you may be, how healthy you may be, how good you may have been. You have sinned. You will continue sin. And you will die. And after that, it's judgment. Now there is a relationship to Adam and there's the realities which you cannot escape. But the one way of escape is by you becoming united to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is not by natural birth. That is not by coming to church. That is not by you achieving a better life. To be united to Jesus Christ, you have to do one thing. Do you know what, what is that? You put your life into the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say to the Lord Jesus, I'm a failure, I'm a sinner. I cannot make myself better. I cannot save myself. But you, Jesus, you are the Savior. I commit my life to you. I entrust my soul, my body to you. Take me as your own. In so doing, you become united to the Lord Jesus Christ. Will that make any difference to you? Afterward, apostles say, I will still sin. So, will be just as before? No, my dear friends. The very moment you go to Jesus, you receive Christ into your hearts, 
Your whole life will be changed. You'll be made a new creature. You have your sins forgiven. You have a conscience clear, washed by the blood of Christ. And the life of Jesus will be living in you. You'll be inclined all the times, constantly, to righteousness. And when you sin, when you disobey, you'll be so upset and disturbed. You have a new life. And the Lord Christ will lead you day by day, moment by moment, all the way, not just to death, but in death, and through death, and to glory. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. The blessing of being united to Christ is this. Every day, every moment, we can go to God in the name of Jesus. When we stumble, when we fall, we go to Christ and we forgive us. In our fear, in our troubles, the Lord Christ will comfort us. And the best of all, when we shall pass through the door of death, we shall be ushered into His very presence, the presence of God Himself. This is how we get united to Jesus. I want to leave with you this question. My dear friends, whether you are a child, whether you're an adult, whether you're an older person, this moment is Christ, your head, your Lord, your God, your Savior. Are you living for Jesus? Let's pray. essential, vital truth. And Lord God, I pray for the people here that your Holy Spirit may so work in them that they may truly take Jesus to be their Lord and Savior that they may have life and have life abundantly through Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.